Hey, how's it going, everybody? Welcome back to the Corner Talks podcast. Today, I have a good friend, talented animator and filmmaker, JD Kalantar. What's going on, buddy? How are you? Hey, thanks for having me, everybody. <laughs> of course, man. I'm We're good, so man. Excited. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you, man. Um, so excited that you're here. This is the beauty about the podcast, as I always say, you know, bringing creatives uh, on this platform to share their journey, um, their kind of trials and tribulations. And, you know, funny enough, we've met um, at Nima Naz's comedy show in Richmond Hill, Canada. Um, you know, he was performing there um, and, you know, he did well. And through the course of conversation, you saw me running around with uh, a camera because I was recently hired there um, to do some video work for them, uh, provide or contribute my directing and writing abilities. And you started a conversation with me about, um, you know, how I like filmmaking or, you know, how I enjoy storytelling. And it came up that you were a animator. And I thought that was highly uh, intriguing, interesting, and very new to this podcast, because I don't think I've ever had an animator as a guest. So I have, Score. yes, right? So <laughs> history's been made, guys. History's been made here. Um, so upon you know viewing your profile, I noticed that you're not just an animator. You have a mutual passion, as I do, with film, animation, and content creation. So I remember you telling me you were in the process of developing your portfolio with the recent purchase of the Sony a7 IV, which is an awesome camera. I'm kind of jealous because I got the a7 III. <laughs> and I want to know, like, how has this new piece of technology? Um, well, I want to know, basically, I, how did your interest in film and animation develop? Right. Um, I think for me, as a kid, the first kind of content you watch is animated movies. I feel like that's the thing parents put on because they're like oh Disney, it's right? family friendly <laughs> yeah and especially yeah. like I don't know when you were born but I was born 93 and like I feel like that was when kind of like almost the renaissance of like Disney animation it was like Aladdin you know uh what's it called Tarzan Mulan Hercules Lion King like all these yeah top notch yeah, animated like just good movies not even yeah. animated movies but good movies yeah yeah so and I think as a kid, I, it started with like drawing. I love drawing. That was like my thing. I was like the kid in school that they were like, oh, he, he's the good drawer. Like that's what kids would say. Right, know? right, right. Your talent was, and, was founded early, eh? Yeah, um, it was always like arts. Like arts was my thing. Yeah. And then I think over time, like the older I got, like the more I just loved watching TV and movies. And it kind of was... I think at the same time where like my interest in animation and TV and movies and filmmaking kind of like slowly increased as I got older. And I even started, I think a kid in my class in grade seven made a video for a project. And I was like, whoa, you can do that. And yeah. I'd like never seen someone do that. You know, like the, the camera we had at home like I think my sister had one digital camera but the camera we grew up with was like had small tapes and you had to put them in oh like a film camera like an eight millimeter yeah oh wow super eight wow um so it, it was like I remember the first video I made with my my mom helped record it and she would like you know stop that was the cut okay yeah, record, yeah, yeah. stop and then and then when I got introduced to Windows Movie Maker I was like what and that was when it was like game over and then I got to use my sister's digital camera and then me and my friends were just like making I think my first legit video I made in grade eight with my friend and the story makes no sense it's oh yeah terrible but it's just <laughs> gotta love a child's imagination on my Facebook. Yeah, yeah but and then but it's weird like it's like each thing kind of progressed more like that my like filmmaking 
interest grew a bit. And then I got back into animation. Then I got into flash animation because that was big at the time in high school. And I had a class, ComTech, where you you could like do an animation. So I was like, cool, like now I can do this at school. So right. I got to spend a lot of time into that. And then I entered like a contest and, you know, I won and I was like, oh, cool. Like I'm good at this. But then at the same time, I was still like into, you know, filmmaking. But I feel like for me, animation was just like an easier in into like a job I would like to do. Yeah. Like I sure feel like film filmmaking just seemed like because now with we'll, we'll get into that, but now with social media, like it's so much easier in a sense to potentially launch a career. Whereas 100%. like when I was growing up, YouTube was like just like there were like a few people on YouTube that you'd be like, oh my God, did you hear this guy on YouTube? But that's kind of how it started. I don't know. I no, listen, <laughs> no, listen, man. Like, uh, thank you for that uh, background story. Like, um, because I have a better insight on where you're coming from and it's highly relatable. You know, I'm just a year uh, younger than you, 94. And yeah. I grew up with those same movies. You know, my mom would come home with all those VHSs. I still have them too. I refuse yeah. to sell them. Uh, Jungle Book was my favorite still, the Jungle Book, original 67, not the new one. <laughs> nice. um, but yeah, it, storytelling um, through Disney, you know, uh, knows no bounds and it's touched the lives of many children um, and inspired us to become creatives, right? Like you're absolutely right. I love that you said we all start off watching animation, most of us, um, mm -hmm. because it's true. Like I want to be a film director. I am a film director. And um, my earliest uh, pieces of movies that I would watch was the Jungle Book, right? um pinocchio dumbo like those kinds of movies mm -hmm. um and they're just so beautifully told and captivating that uh anyone of all ages could um enjoy them right like my parents were exactly. watching them with me right which is crazy and still to this day i enjoy them because of the masterful artwork um that is put into play right so i'm really yeah. happy we, we have that mutual understanding and that appreciation uh for animation um you know like touching on the fact that you were said uh be, like lion king and the renaissance of disney like all those movies mm -hmm. that came out um is there a particular uh movie or brand or animator themselves that uh inspires you your styles of work it's i feel like it's like i'm so like i feel like the best way to describe me is like a little bit of everything like i mean to be fair i guess what i really focus on content wise is more comedic but that's why I've always loved the idea of directing is because you're kind of doing a bit of everything like you're involved in every part of production, which intrigues me like that's always been my struggle is like sticking to just one thing, you know, like that's why even with animation, once I got into animation as a career, I started to get to the point where I was like, you know, this is kind of like, bo like boring in a sense where I'm like, I don't know if I could just do this the rest of my life. And that's when I really got back into filmmaking and you know started to do that steadily but as a kid I think just like Disney in general like the movies got me inspired and then actors who inspired me were like Jim Carrey Robin Williams like growing up like those are like my heroes nice and then now like the older I've gotten like directing wise I think Edgar Wright's my number one like he's someone where I'm just oh, yeah. like there's just so much creativity in what he does and I feel like he's one of those people where similar to like Tarantino where like they only do movies when like they made it and like they've been really working on it they love don't that. just like crank it out because <laughs> so I, I told you that like when Edgar I met Wright. you like Tarantino yeah. was like my, my hero right so we we uh see eye to eye on that yeah yeah I loved Edgar Wright Matthew Vaughn's another one I really like they're all tours obviously right? the big ones they're all yeah. tours right like I always say they're the whole vision 
right? They're not just, yeah. oh, I got hired to write or I'm the director on this. It's like, no, this is my baby. Um, exactly. So when you say Edgar Wright, I think of, you know, Scott Pilgrim, Baby Driver, Tarantino mm-hmm. obviously has his selection. And um, when you watch them, it's very personal, you know, like the, the way it's made and how it's constructed, you understand that this is someone's film. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, yeah, like how you said, Matthew Vaughn, he directed uh, Kick-Ass, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's Kingsman, another example. Like right? those ones, yeah. And all those movies, if you notice those styles of filmmakers, um, this is what I mean by it's very personal, is that uh, although they're very hot, they're stylized, they kind of transcend this uh, live action genre. You know what I mean? Like they're mm-hmm. all told, they're not animation animated movies by no means, but it's almost like you're watching uh, an entertainment piece. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like bigger than life, bigger than you. Um, and that's why I enjoy Tarantino movies. You know, when I go there, just the way the characters speak, um, characters don't speak like that in real life. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. everyone has like a rhyme, a rhythm, a snap. And it's like, imagine if everyone was that uh, articulate, right? Like eloquent. Yeah. Spoke. And it's like, no, that's not how, how it works. But Django and Chain, right? Like the antebellum himself, <laughs> a lot of illiterate people, but yet they spoke Tarantino dialogue. Like it's just yeah. amazing how he encapsulates that universe, right? And mm-hmm. I can go on for, for days about <laughs> how much I, I appreciate. No, I'm serious, man. Like, yeah. I just, love that storytelling that's something i'm trying to i aspire to emulate right as yeah. a filmmaker myself and you know i i'm sure as i send more projects to you you'll see that more and more um yeah. so i'm really happy that we uh we have that uh, mutual understanding of those the best filmmakers yeah <laughs> um so yeah so going back to this uh role of an animator um not sure if you can disclose who you work for um oh i can yeah yeah, yeah. Who you work for, by the way? Well, right now I'm currently working at Elliot Animation. I've been here for nice. about two years, almost two years. But... Nice. And what do you do there exactly? Like, is it character design and things like that? No, I'm just a senior animator on the team. Actually, oh, okay. uh, it's a show called Lucas the Spider. It was like a big YouTube sensation, and then it got picked up as like an actual series. So, oh wow, you can easily like search it. it the originals are on YouTube and they even post clips of the episode on Awesome, YouTube. man. I'm going to check that out. Everybody listening, that better check it out. I'm, I'm, I'm really, I, I really mean Go it. check out Lucas the Spider. Everybody. Yeah, right? <laughs> I really mean this, man. Like, I'm so excited. When you said you were an animator, I'm like, yo, this is so interesting. This puts you in a different, like, category for me. Like, I know. I feel like every time someone asks me and I tell them, it catches, I don't think it's an, ever not caught someone off guard. Like, every time they're like, oh, that's, never heard that one before. No, it's amazing. But it's surprising, man. like, I don't know, to me, like, I guess because I'm in the world, like, I see so, like, now it's so much more accessible. Like, when I was in getting into, like, school for animation, it was kind of like Sheridan, and then, like, a few others were like, yep, okay. Right. Um, I went to Durham College, and I loved the course. You could choose, like, two-year, three-year. I did the two-year, and then I, like, graduated, got a job, all good. But yeah, But now I feel like there's courses like i animate and animation mentor where you can just like do pay for a course online do it at home do a course for like eight weeks 12 weeks and then you have like a couple pieces and you make a demo reel and you can get hired so now i see like this huge growth of animators in the world and to me i'm like there's so many people animating but yet when i bring it up people are like what i've never met someone who animates and i'm like that's crazy to me that's amazing, man. No, honestly, like uh, my good friend, Christian, shout him out. Um, you know, he's uh, been kind of like my right hand man, like guiding me through the process of uh, filmmaking and, you know, providing his business acumen, uh, whatever have you. But the point what I'm trying to make is he's always pressing on me, pushing the idea that animation is going to take over and you better be ready as a filmmaker. 
And that doesn't mean that I'm not going to be, you know, a filmmaker of animation. Like I would honestly, as a tribute to my childhood and, you know, the films I grew up with, uh, speaking of Disney, would love to make an animated movie. I think I have the know-how to do it um, as a director that is not an uh, animator with any sense. But <laughs> I feel like as a director of animation, you have to have some sort of understanding of animation. Would that mm -hmm. make sense? Yeah, you definitely yeah. do have to have like a pretty good eye for animation. Like mostly the director's job is reviewing your shots. Like you have leads who first review. But a lot of directors, leads. what I'm saying at Pixar, like we're former senior animators and things like that. Yeah, it's, it's a Usually, trend. Yeah. yeah, like you're never gonna have. Well, I've, 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 like Spielberg has done, I think, animation right in the past, or like yeah, Tintin like, was that what he did? Yeah, or was that Scorsese? I don't know. No, I think like that was scenes. Oh yeah, no, who did Scorsese did one? Oh, that was Hugo, but that was an animation. Hugo. Right? Yeah. Either way, like, yeah, <laughs> creativity knows no bounds. Who knows yeah. where, we're, where it's going to head? But it's nice to know that there's that possibility, right? Um, mm -hmm. My parents always, you know, I can't wait to tell them about this conversation we're having. But, like, <laughs> you're exactly, you're the embodiment of exactly what my mom and dad wanted me to do. To have that right. safe and, like, structured kind of path. Because it's true, right? Yeah. Like, you're able to, like, work and, you know, um, still have a life and things like that. I'm all over the place because I'm trying to be entrepreneurial in what I'm doing, but yeah, um, to each his own, right? At the end of the day, um, I really didn't have as much passion, I don't think, uh, as right. you and probably the talent, I'll be honest. Um, like I sketch, I draw, um, I can show you some artworks after. I don't know if I showed you before, <laughs> yeah. but uh, you know what I mean? The point is, is that um, I think like, yeah, the, the creativity is like boundless. Like I said, like you, there's just so many ways in which to explore it, but uh, good to know that you uh, were able to have the courage to do it yourself. So I want to credit you for that. Sorry, you froze for a second. I, I don't know if you can hear me okay. Oh, no problem. I just want to say I, I credit you uh, for having the courage to pursue animation, like that career, um, because oh, that's yeah. something that I never did for myself. And um, not that I regret it or anything like that. It's just, again, my parents like were always like, why didn't you go to Sheridan and work for Disney? <laughs> yeah. And you know what I mean? Like, then I'm like, listen, guys. So I've, I've uh, yet to prove them wrong, but uh, nevertheless. <laughs> Uh, how has this career path that you've chosen as an artist enriched your life? Honestly, like, I think, like I was saying before, like with animation, I feel like now has grown a lot more, like it's a lot more accessible to people. So I feel like I've met so many people, like creative people in my life who I don't, I would have never met if I didn't get into animation. Right. And also in animation, jobs are 99% of the time like contract based so you it's turnovers really quick and you're constantly moving so that way you're meeting a lot more people and you're working on new projects more often than a lot of other people who work like a nine-to-five job and are just at the company for like 15 years you know yeah now is so it like, always creative or is it tedious I should add um I mean sometimes you'll be on a project that's not super inspiring to you or you know because most of the projects i've worked on are kids tv shows i've yet to work on a project that's for like older audiences or something yeah. i would be really interested young in. adults yeah i got you so but like lucas the spider super cute it's just like a spider that's kind of in like a realistic world and it, it started with an animator from pixar who made it himself awesome um but you know like i worked on a show like fancy nancy which was like you know about like a young girl and her family and you know i'm not super attached to it but you know there are moments and it changes like some episodes like when you watch tv there's like some episodes that aren't 
as interesting in some episodes that are really entertaining. Of course, like, of course. So it's the same thing. Like you could get a sequence of an episode where you're like, this is awesome. And you're like immediately inspired. You're like banging it out. And yeah. then you get one sequence that sucks. And you're just like chugging through, like just trying to get it <laughs> out on time. Cause you're like, please just, or, you know, sometimes it's even you, you like the sequence, but you and the director aren't seeing eye to eye on like what, the goal is of the shot like what they want so you're struggling back and forth with notes and then you're just like i just need to get this approved yeah <laughs> i understand so, well that's interesting man like you know you can't call it dull right there's there's always something happening uh something mm-hmm. eventful um but that's great that it's important that you love what you do we can agree on mm-hmm. that right yeah yeah so that's cute and by the way um lucas's spider i searched it up i watched that short on disney plus and that oh, is a, that's a great project yeah uh, like that that it's very cute and has a lot of potential so um mm-hmm. congrats on that um but yeah like you know have you ever thought of like writing your own material for like to develop into your own animation project i have but like i think the thing a lot of people don't understand with especially 3d animation not that 2d animation isn't hard they're totally different things but with 3d animation you like you have to first write the idea then you have to model like the characters basically create them in a 3d like a 3d model of it and then you need someone to rig it to basically put the pop like the control so that you can actually move it to animate it then you have to animate it right then you have to light it then you have to render it like there's so many steps to get to the end product that people see in a movie and go oh i could make that and i'm like no one person can do that themselves and be sane or enjoy it like you yeah. need a team at least a small team of people where like you know someone's like oh you know okay i can animate and do lighting you can model and rig and then someone will render but to do it by yourself is so much work and i feel like that's why i went to live action filmmaking more like that's where my peak interest is is because i just like the idea of like getting a camera and like shooting something and you can make it much easier like in the on the fly than animation so much like pre-work just to get to the finished product if that makes sense no, that makes sense. You know, like it's, it's like with anything, it's a process. Um, you know, it's not uh, going to happen like tomorrow. Um, something that you have to constantly develop at. Uh, it's a craft at the end of the day. Um, the reason why I ask is, yeah, because there's always like projects myself. Like I'm always writing. I'm a writer director and yeah. there's, there's a project we can talk offline. But there's even a project. <laughs> like, am I, no, seriously, there's a project that like um, I was developing with a friend and pitched it to Netflix years ago and uh, it was animation based um and mm-hmm. it's in that young adult um kind of category right so what i'm saying is that if you don't write those projects yourself it doesn't mean that you can't uh apply those skill sets right and that expertise because mm-hmm. someone like yourself man would not only serve as an animator but a consultant on teaching me as a director like how i would you know what i mean delegate tasks or how i would mm-hmm. um inform you about certain directives so anyway that's something that's really exciting that's just how my brain works i'm thinking of a, a yeah something else I could do. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But this is great. Um, So anyway, let's get into uh, your work, because social media is a platform that uh, you utilize to showcase your work. Um, And, you know, as we know, uh, provides a myriad of opportunities uh, for creatives, filmmakers and entrepreneurs to develop, execute and market their ideas. 
And that is evident with Nima Naz, that uh, show we went to. Nima Naz is a rising comedian in Toronto who started off that way. And um, just goes to show, man, right? It's a little bit of an inspiration that uh, you could start yeah. from anywhere. And just with a little bit of consistency and hard work, um, you can get there. Um, it's just a matter of how much you want it. So I want to get back to now, ever since we connected through Instagram, I've seen your consistent work ethic and producing highly engaging and entertaining content. Uh, you even used your talented abilities as an animator to produce some unique works like the Jurassic World Dominion clip featuring yeah. a CGI raptor mowing the front lawn of a suburban home. Like that, that was breathtaking. That was, that was amazing <laughs> animation. Like for me, right? Like for, for yeah. a viewer, like it was, it did the job, you know? Um, how important is social media for you as an artist? I think it's, it's super important in this day and age. It, it's, it's, it can be very frustrating, but it is, yeah. I think it is essential. Like it, like we talked about earlier, potentially you could put, you know, like your short film, like your new one, or like I, you know, I put like some of the shorts I've made in the past on YouTube right. and you never know, you know, the right person could see it. You know, you tweet it to someone, you send it to someone, they know someone who can connect you to it. And then you're in the directing seat where you wanted to be all along. So I think that's why, you know, social media is amazing. Like I, th that Jurassic world, when um, you just spoke about, I was, I tweeted it and someone commented and tagged like an account that's called, but with Raptors, where it's an account where they take scenes from movies and composite like Raptors into it, like their heads on characters and stuff. Oh, like that's and all they, they do. Like it's, yeah, that's all they oh. do. Okay. And they retweeted my video and they have like a hundred thousand followers. So it like got to like 6,000 likes. And I was like, what? And you know, and I Amazing, grew in followers. Man. Yeah. So I was like, I was like, you know, it's just like that one thing, you know, could blow you up, which yeah. is great. But I'm happy for you. You know, it's well-deserved because you're a talented guy. And I look at that. I, I'll be honest with you. When you said you're an animator and into film and you have a camera and whatever, like, obviously you create work, but I'm not, I didn't expect to go on your Instagram and see that activity, right? Like right. making little clips of like guy mowing the lawn. Like, I just thought that was in a way beneath you, right? Because you know, these animators, right? Like, they're just like, yeah. oh, I got job to do and i do profound work but you're having fun with it and that's what i like mm -hmm. right uh you're in the spirit of creating content <laughs> yeah <laughs> as we've been told right so good for you man no I, it, it looked good to me and it was really yes. hilarious it was a lot of work <laughs> yeah you act in it too i should mention like he's not just yeah. putting up little like characters right like amazing work so that's cool and and that's what it is right like you keep putting yourself out there keep being consistent and you'll have accounts like that that'll retweet it you know what i mean mm -hmm. that'll retweet it repost it whatever have you um so yeah, that's great. That I'm I'm glad that it's benefiting you in that way. Uh, do you believe uh, social media though is progressing your career forward in the industry, or is it hindering like the value of storytelling in an overly saturated market of content? Like I, th I think it's the the yin. And the, I think it's like there's good and there's bad to it. Like I totally do think it is progressing, and I think there's the possibility that, you know, I hope that one day I do get the right person to see my work. You know. Cause I'm starting to make more legitimate short films and try I start like last year, I put them in festivals. I'd never done that before. And, you know, and I started oh, nice. to win some awards I and I was like, yeah. I was like, Oh, that's great. You know? So that's what awesome. I'm actually filming something in a week ish, like a new short film I wrote. So, you know, I'm just trying to like put myself out there, <laughs> put my work out there and kind of take it more seriously in a sense, because I think when I was posting before, people just thought of it as like oh you just make funny youtube videos and i'm like no to me these are like short films that i'm 
making and i'm just posting on youtube because where else am i gonna post it no they are they're short they're short films obviously i'm I'm sure like the ones you won awards for have a little bit more of a substance to them yeah after one but i love that you said that they are short films like even when Mm -hmm. i first started i didn't have any dialogue i used music to tell the story it was all visual yeah and you know some people would argue oh like you know uh when are you gonna do scripted stuff like this is storytelling i'm like no it is like Mm -hmm. actually film like the reason why i started off that way a i didn't (laughs) it was strictly because of necessity like i didn't have the budget to own audio yeah. equipment. um and i didn't know what i was doing to be honest with editing i was very bare bones um but at the same time i remember alfred hitchcock legendary filmmaker he uh, once said um being able to tell a story through visuals as film is intended to, to be um you'll be far more ahead than the other filmmakers that choose not to kind of thing right yeah um, and I believe in that, like if you're able to, cause, cause film is when I edit my sequences or when I edit, uh, films, blogs, whatever I have you, when I scrub it and I go back and forth, if I don't like see a just of a story, like, you know, get a sense of it, you know what I'm talking about? Right. Visually, then it's like, then there's no, there's nothing to be said here. Like there's no story, like the audience won't follow it. Do you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. when I, about scrubbing it? Like going back and yeah. forth. Yeah. It's uh, it's very interesting how film is a medium. If you put it on mute. And you watch it obviously you'll miss certain key points like uh, yeah. dialogue and things like that but any any great movie you put it on mute you'll know exactly what's going on like i'm just thinking for some reason finding nemo because we're thinking of animation like put that mm-hmm. on mute you'll know the whole story yeah you know? and you'll and you'll yeah. have an imagination of like what they're talking about in your head it's funny you just said that because i saw a video on twitter some guy i took i forget which batman movie it is it's the one with jack nicholson as joker right but someone edited a sequence of that movie and made it like an old silent film with like no dialogue. And someone was just like, that's how great of a visual storyteller. Like I forget the director. Wait, is this the last Batman? No, 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 not the newest one. Like the older one with Jack Nicholson as the Joker. Oh, you're saying like they're trying to show, like prove how, how well storytelling. Yeah. Like they just, for some reason, like someone was like, I think it'd be interesting to edit this sequence of the movie as as like a silent film and how well it works like everyone was like this is amazing and but like that just goes to show how well directed it was that without dialogue you can totally understand everything that's happening in the sequence you know just exactly like you said awesome awesome yeah honestly like just going back to like social media as a platform how beneficial it is for artists when i hear stories like that like you would have never been able to do that 10 20 years ago right like just be able to post something like that of you know, your creative intuition and um, showcase it, right? Like go viral, um, get people mm. to follow you, get people to be involved, invested in your brand. Um, that's a huge thing. So I'm really, really uh, excited about that. And that's what I kind of tell people, like even for myself, because <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm very like uh, on and off. I have a love hate with social media. Yeah. Um, if it was up to me, I always say like I would abandon it, but I can't because it's something that serves me and um, mm-hmm. you need to be with the times. But what I'm saying is, um, you know, like you just got to look at uh, always the positive side of it. And in order to avoid being consumed by it, learn to produce more than right. you consume. Right. So uh, glad you have the same mindset with that. Um, now, how do you handle the negative feedback or criticism that pertains to either your work or you as an individual? Um, well, f- the funny thing is, at, like, as an animator, you're basically getting critiqued every day for the rest of your career because yeah. Every day you put your shots up and the director looks at it and goes, oh, this is good. Or they go, no, I don't like that. I don't like that. I don't like that. And this starts from, you know, your first day as an animator to like 
20 years in the business even like if you're a legendary from, animator you're right? you're yeah. all equal you put all yeah. your work up there and you're all getting judged yeah and like you know there's still moments where you're like oh god is it good like are they gonna like it you know but at the end of the day you have to know your ability and like what you're producing yeah. and say you know i know i put my you know hard work and effort into this i think i did a good job i'm sure and you know you know who you're working with like with a director you know 99 percent of the time you're gonna get good feedback like whether it's positive or like critical but it'll still be in like a good way to make your work better whereas online you post your video on tiktok or youtube and you could just get someone who's just not nice and they'll just say something just for the hell of it yeah yeah just to make themselves laugh or do something and you but you just gotta brush it off and the irony is i i'm i would consider myself a fairly sensitive person but yet i want to be in the fields where like you probably get criticized yeah but you're an artist man you're an artist at heart right like that's why you're sensitive it's your baby like you're like every time you're like don't hurt it (laughs) i'm literally dealing with this now like you know it's it's not nothing bad or anything but like you edit a piece of work put it out there and it's like it's part of the collaboration. Like you have to mm-hmm. accept notes, um, you know, working at impact theory, I was telling you about that. Like it was just part of the job. You would submit yeah. an edit. You would think it's the best. A lot of times, like um, it was a couple of notes revisions. And then there was just as equal amount of times, um, heavy revisions. Like, why'd you do this? Yeah. Why'd you do that? And I think that's where it comes from detaching from the ego. Like, unless you really know it's like going to make it or break it. To yeah, I can choose your battles, like nowhere to like expel your energy. Uh, yeah, like assert your energy um, because it's not worth it, <laughs> you know, even for yeah. humanity. And also, like, it's, it's about the bigger vision, you know? Um, exactly. Like, I'm editing this piece now. And like, when I look back at the notes, it's like, yeah, I'm happy I re- like was receptive about the notes because it actually improved the quality of this project. Right. Um, and I'm sure you could say the same, right? It's like, as much as you're attached to your, you know, um, little you know outputs or like your contributions and animation when a director gives you feedback um and you look at the final product or you take a step back you're like oh it's a good thing he told me this or it's a good thing i kind of reassessed it Um, sometimes the feedback actually inspires you to think of it from a different angle altogether right so you don't even use their note or your note you know you just discover Mm -hmm. something even new right so it's a collaborative process so happy you said that as artists we have to tell ourselves each day that it's not going to just end uh right when you make it you know when you win that oscar you still get (laughs) crap you know like poor Scorsese you know 80 year career practically and uh you know uh won an Oscar Palme d'Or all that and he still couldn't get uh funding for the Irishman you know I mean like from a studio so yeah just goes to show you like you know you're nothing until you're something (laughs) and vice versa I guess yeah and even uh, then you're like never untouchable like you're all you know exactly always fighting for a spot in the spotlight like you're you're never like even just on famous directors like Spielberg I feel like went on like such an amazing stretch and then had like some movies that weren't amazing but then you know but people forget you're like to go on that run that he did is like unheard of like you know like to make movies like oh yeah 100% for are you kidding me a lot of of his friends Jurassic Park all you know yeah the stretch people fight to just make one of those movies in their lifetime and he made many many many, (laughs) fantastic like top 100 movies of all time and he's gonna be immortalized because of it like yeah you're absolutely right and if you look at his friends like the brat pack that he came up with scorsese Mm -hmm. george lucas france ford coppola ryan palma you know scorsese has a good run as well but the other three like 
they just kind of died out, you know, like they kind of couldn't mm. like that. I love that you said that is yeah, 10 years, but talk to me when it's like 40 years, like, do you know how hard that is to keep up, keep relevant? And a lot of people don't realize either, like, but what you just said, you know, how he had that like timeline or that space where kind of like, you know, yeah. meandering or like, you know, people didn't really like mess with this stuff. Um, mm -hmm. Like imagine like he still had to go through that decade or so, like doing that. And he was still yeah. inspired and encouraged every day to keep putting out stuff. Like, keep making films like most people maybe would be like oh no it's not a masterpiece then i don't want to do it anymore but this guy still yeah. went for it and now he has um a, a beautiful project i heard i haven't watched it yet it's getting praised at the toronto international film festival one of the people's choice award um the fablemans yeah i um, can't wait to see that. yeah i can't wait to see it either right so it's like there you go right like he, he kind of was like oh is he gone is he well he did west side story i should give him credit for that but <laughs> <laughs> what i'm saying is like millennials our generation didn't really mess with it that's what i mean yeah like the market decides right? yeah uh he could be the biggest director in the world with the biggest budget market will decide if it's good or not um yeah it was a good movie it just wasn't for just yeah not uh <laughs> not for our definitely not for our generation um because right. i was watching it i'm like this is way too whimsical and wholesome like our generation yeah i it, yeah. beautiful like filmmaking standpoint but definitely 100%. like story-wise it feels dated in a sense of like it's irrelevant i, I just man, yeah. yeah i just couldn't super get into it there's like don't get me wrong there's still racism and, and uh you know discrimination and poverty and all that stuff but the way in which the story was told it's like it's in a like if you're gonna make a movie like that it has, it has to be like gritty and like yeah. dark and it has to be like ruthlessly true you know right um i felt very like you know what i mean like uh one-dimensional like typical like you know the two different classes like a romeo and juliet yeah but again with this whole like woke society like just how we're, we're conditioned like we don't see the world that way anymore there's a lot of layers and complexities um to it so that's what i meant by it was just too wholesome i believe too whimsical yeah. <laughs> but still man <laughs> he's still the master man like good for him like i, I can only uh, you know wish at that age i was be that relevant and still putting out great content um mm -hmm. you know he he's definitely created a brand for himself so that's awesome yeah and you gotta like just back to the negative feedback you can't kind of you can't let it uh, eat away at you because everyone's gonna have an opinion as proven mm -hmm. with the people we just mentioned like i still remember jango <laughs> jango and chain man i will come out of the theater like yo like my mind was blown i'm like i want to be a filmmaker like i want to do that because films mm -hmm. up until that point i was watching spielberg i was watching like just other like films in general like robert's right Rick. and they're great and all but it didn't feel like uh them like their stamp and a lot of people might attack me for that but i just i don't know right. how to explain it with tarantino it was like holy shit like this guy took control of the audience and like didn't let go yeah. of the movie was done um like my eyes never glazed uh, glossed over and it was just so like oh, i love it edgy storytelling but my point being is uh, I came out of the theater, loved it, called my friend up. Yo, we got to see it, whatever. He's like, bro, I already watched it. I'm like, oh, yeah, what'd you think? And he's like, yo, it was so cheesy. I didn't get any of the dialogue. I'm like, what? I literally was about to hang out. I'm like, what the, what are you talking about, <laughs> bro? He's like, the zoom-ins, the freaking dialogue, like the way he was talking about being having a uh, candy land. And I'm like, are you out of, and I'm like, oh, my God. So I hung up the phone, I'm like, month later wins the oscar for best screenplay like yeah. you see what i mean like everyone's gonna have an opinion you just gotta pray that your the market outweighs whoever, <laughs> yeah. whoever's on the other end of that phone call right um but that's great i'm glad you have a good head on your shoulders and you're positive about it because that's what you got to be man as an artist yeah and uh that's great so storytelling um back to that is such a wide-ranging art form from that it touches uh on several mediums including film animation and social media 
And I want to know from you, like, are you looking to take your storytelling ambitions to the next level? Um, I know we mentioned short films, but do you see yourself being like a director for feature films, like an animated feature? Is this kind of like the end goal for you? Like, what do you imagine? Yes, 100% that is the end goal. Um, Even like, like, I would love to direct television too, but I think I definitely just want to get into directing full-time as my job and that's why I was saying I want to make more short films and put them into festivals and try to build more connections like with yourself you know people more in the industry so that you can slowly kind of wiggle your way to where you want to get you know yep um but that's the one good thing not the one good thing but a great thing about animation that I think a lot of people don't think about is it's very like and everything you learn in animation is applicable to live action filmmaking. Like you right. learn storyboarding, framing, like timing, like you learn everything that you would need to know if you were directing live action. Like if anything, I found a lot of directors who have directed animation, I feel like translate to live action, like even better. Like they make oh, like yeah. Brad Bird did Incredibles and then did like Mission Impossible 4, which is probably one of the best ones best, other yeah, than the one recently. Like great example, I, by the way, that was exactly yeah. the example I would use. Yeah. But you know, like, and in, and Incredibles, I think it's just like a top, I don't like, I love that movie so much. I think that movie in general is just a great film. And I think another thing as an animator is that I think people misunderstand that like animation is like a genre but it's a medium like you can make any genre with animation like we were saying like people associate it with like children and kids stuff no but you know like i don't know if you've seen arcane on netflix no i I heard great things though but that was a series that was for older audiences and it was beautiful like the animation was fantastic you know great style and spider-verse you know into the spider-verse was like a huge hit hundred percent loved that movie all audiences like i feel like I definitely think we're starting to get into like another level of animation, especially with COVID hitting and showing that animation can keep going through a pandemic. Like that's what it was like. It boom. That's when I could work from home, you know, studios were hiring more projects were going because. Oh, animation, animation boomed. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I believe like for you. Yeah. And there's a new series. uh, What's his name? Kid Cudi just released on Netflix. That looks like a spider verse style series and it's definitely for older audiences as well so it's nice to see like a widening you know of the scope of animation that it's for any everybody like it doesn't you can know it's for kids it's for adults it's for teens you know all these different genres um, no, I, I i see you on that i other <laughs> another medium that i wanted to mention is music like music videos especially um how much i've seen more and more uh there's a director i follow cole bennett lyrical lemonade he integrates a lot of animation into his videos. I don't know if you watch that. No, you watch I'll definitely thing. check it out. Yeah, uh, he's a badass director, but um, it's not entirely animated, but he'll splice in animation. Um, nice. Into like Eminem videos. Like, it's just crazy how he, how he blends it all. Um, and yeah, man, like, I think that's uh, really exciting. And um, there's, again, from the beginning, creativity knows no bounds. Like, mm-hmm it's so important. That's why I do this podcast. It's so important for me to connect with people like yourself, because if there's a project I want to do, or like, you know, there's, there's something we can create together. 
Um, I know who to reach out to. Right. Um, And it's a great experience for you too. Right. Cause it could like, you can kind of get involved more into the film world and like, understand like as a live action director, like how, what I, how I see things and we could find that voice together. Right. That magic. Um, Awesome, man. So, you know, do you see yourself pursuing um, any role, the role of an actor in the filmmaking process or actively practicing your skills, like as a screenwriter as well? Actor, not like, I mean, <laughs> you just do it for the content. My, yeah, like I just do it because I'm like, I need to put something out. Let me just film this. Like I would try to limit my acting to a, like a small cameo. And I'm actually doing a small cameo in my new short film. Right. But screenwriting, yes, definitely. Like I've gotten like a bunch of books recently, like over the past year and I've been reading, you know, definitely just trying to take all aspects of my filmmaking to the next level like you know getting the sony a7 4 being able to like take that quality to that next level and then you know step up my you know writing quality because everything i've majority of what i've posted on my all my channels are like my ideas like scripts i've written you know because what the way i started on youtube was just making videos with my friends my friends were like people who wanted to be actors and they were good. And so I was like, yeah, I'll, I got an idea. Do you want to just like film this? And then I got to the point where I was like, hey, I wrote a script. Like, let's try this. And then, you know, we put a little more effort into it. And then it got to the point where I made that one. Um, it's called Cleanup Crew. That's the one I've been sending to like festivals last year. And it it won like a silver award, at, like for the best action short, and, you know. That's awesome. Man. I have, so, yo, send me this stuff. Man. I got to see. Yeah, <laughs> I, will, I will. Thanks, man um that's great man and that's what it is right it's all about kind of figuring out your role in the filmmaking process what you specialize in or what you excel in uh or really what just touches your heart the most like is passionate about um for me like i've learned um i've always wanted to be and i continue to be a writer director but uh i was told at many networking events and when i would talk to seasoned directors like you could be pigeonholed you could be put into like as an editor or a dp uh you don't know where it's going to take you right and uh when I heard those words, I, ref- I refuse to be pigeonholed to anything, but I've learned more as I do projects is no, like I'm a director. Like I see the vision from start to finish and I enjoy coordinating and delegating to uh, reach that vision as opposed to being one of the players involved. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And that's just something that you have to be honest with yourself. And the only way you're going to achieve that is if you believe it first, <laughs> no one's going to tell yeah. you, no, you should be a director. Right. Exactly. Um, so I think that's so important that you have that conviction and that realization, like what you want to do uh, with projects. And that can always change. Um, mm-hmm. But for me, no, like, like yourself, you're always going to be an animator at heart, right? Like I'm always mm-hmm. going to be a writer director at heart, no matter what I do. If I edit a project, I'm always going to be that writer director. I'm always going to be thinking about the next project I'll direct. Right. So I think it's so important that you have that. Um, so keep mm-hmm. doing that. Yeah. Um, so what motivates you the most to be a storyteller and continue this arduous yet rewarding path of an artist? before we end off what motivates me mm. like it's so many things motivate me I, one it it's just like what you said like when you came out of Django you were like I want to make like you're like I'm ready to film something I want to be a director I want to do this that's me when I come out of certain movies like um, or a show like I'll watch something and immediately be like I need to make something as good as this like that's my goal you know like I want the main reason I do this is because I want to make people feel the way I feel when I watch things. Like I just want people to come out of something happier, 
feeling better, like inspired, entertained. Like I just want to, if I could just increase everyone's happiness by like 2% in their daily life, that would be amazing. Like just, if you watch one of my videos and it even just made you go like this, I'm like, that's a win. That's something, and it's, you know? That's what that's happened to me with the Raptors. Work. Yeah, with the Raptors, <laughs> bro. No, I'm serious. It was like impressive. Yeah. But that's a win for you. Like that's what you look for. You strive for it. That's amazing. Yeah. Bro. I just want, the main thing is I want people to feel as inspired as like I feel when I see an Edgar Wright movie. Like when I came out of Baby Driver or, you know, like I don't know if you've seen everything everywhere all at once. Like that was- No, I have yet to. But that's I what I mean like, by integrating animation, right? Yeah. I've seen clips of it. Yeah. But I, I just want to make stuff that make people feel good and, you know, want to talk and inspire them to make stuff and continue that cycle, you know, emotional investment for sure, man. Like that's, yeah. that's what people don't understand. I don't know if it's Tarantino that said it, um, or just, in, it's just a common knowledge thing, but human beings, uh, thrive off emotion. Um, that's how they operate. So mm-hmm with film like creativity is a very fine balance you can't make a stupid movie to the point where it's illogical and you're yeah. questioning everything like okay how is a baby in space without a helmet you know what i mean but at the same time you want to also not make it too logical to the point where it's devoid of any like emotion or any kind of yeah um just fantastical element do you know what i mean like i always relate mm-hmm. back to star wars like star wars makes no goddamn sense if you think about it like absolutely at all at any point in any film mm-hmm. but the reason why we go back to it the reason why we enjoy it it's become a phenomenon is, is the emotion it's what it makes mm-hmm. us feel so that's why i always argue when i make stuff that's where that place I, I go to is yeah am i stretching the truth a little bit here or does this not make too much sense here like from a realistic perspective of course but what's happening in the scene like why yeah. can the audience buy into it right suspension of disbelief like why mm-hmm. is that is because if you can get the audience to that point of believing and like understanding right guardians of the galaxy right yeah the music, the cinematography, but really at its core, the story. Yeah. You don't care. Chris Pratt's running around with aliens. Like mm-hmm. it, it, you just believe it. You don't care that there's a raccoon talking. Like you feel the movie. You know, my mother yeah. always said that you don't look at the music or take in the music. You feel the music. Right. So it's yeah. like, that's something that I really, really uh, would advise anyone that uh, gets into this business of storytelling, right. Is just kind of go from a place of your heart as cheesy as it sounds like really just create things that, drive that emotion instead of the logic always you know like this yeah. would never happen or this those people that nitpick bother me it's like if the story oh, was yeah. bad i understand or if things don't make sense 100 percent. but if you're gonna start nitpicking like <laughs> you don't belong in this business like that's it's an illusion you know what yeah. i mean and actually i i often argue reality doesn't make sense there are things that mm. happen to us that there's no lead up there's no payoff so why is it that we can accept reality, but we can't accept a movie that does certain things, right? Exactly. So as long as it's in the confines of like the science behind storytelling and it plays by those kinds of rules, mm-hmm. you can't help but make your own your own kind of rules and break them, right? If you will. So yeah. Really cool stuff, man. I'm really excited. I had this conversation with you. Uh, you're, yeah, bright, great. you're a bright Thanks. guy. You're very talented. And I'm really looking forward to like connecting with you about future projects. Um, I'm, honest, I'm serious about that. Yeah. Yeah. I think we can really uh, collaborate and, uh, merge forces <laughs> and learn yeah, a lot from yeah. yeah and create create a great piece of content together yeah um, definitely so yeah thank you so much jg uh kalantar for coming on the podcast you anything yeah. you have anything else to say before you leave no thanks for having me this was a great conversation you know it's nice to just connect with new people and talk i feel like i don't really get to talk with people about this stuff so it's nice to talk to you know another fighting director yeah <laughs> um, of course of course yeah all man. this stuff so it's great 
Thanks. Yeah, man. Been fighting for, yeah, probably a decade. <laughs> but it's all good. We love what we do. Yeah. Um, anyway, thank you so much, JD, for coming on the podcast. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And we'll talk soon.